Hey everybody, welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. And we are back after an extended hiatus. Oh, that's right, uh, the network was thinking about canceling us and then they decided to bring us back. And then we put uh, them in a headlock, we were like, you gotta put us on, you gotta put us on no matter what. And then we got on, now we're back baby, we're back. And only through your support. No can one can stop continue us. to bring you this quality content. Now, we've seen a lot of movies since the last time we had sequelitis. Uh, I've been trying to watch all the Oscar movies, but let's not talk about the Oscars yet. No. Let's talk about a new movie, new-ish, that Manny and I haven't really gone into, except for saying that we both have a similar opinion of it. Well, I won't say what it is yet, but it is the Black Panther yeah, so Black Panther is the big Marvel movie that is currently out, um, and it's it's sort of the bridge to, I guess the next movie that's going to be coming out is going to be Avengers Infinity War. Yes. So this is, uh, this is your play-in game to that. Now let me just say my preamble would be that I saw Ryan Coogler's last movie, Creed. Now this one was a sequel. It was a, it was a sort of a... Uh, what, what would the right term be? Like a way overdone, like way too late, sort of about something totally different, but it's a sequel because one of the side characters is in the franchise. But Creed was excellent. I don't know if you saw it. I, I heard so many good things about Creed, and I've yet to watch it. I've seen parts of it, and I just have not watched the yeah. movie. It's excellent, and Michael B. Jordan stars as Apollo Creed, and he gives... Or no, not Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed's son, uh, whatever the new Creed. Lawrence is. Creed, Jimmy sure. Creed. Why not? Bobby Creed. Whatever it was. Something Creed, and he's fantastic in the movie. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. I I really feel bad for him that his name is Michael Jordan though. Like we live in this age now where every name you've already heard. Well, the thing is, is he had the name of Michael B. Jordan uh, long before he was ever a famous actor. Because he was on, he was an actor on The Wire, but he was like, he was like one of the youngest cast members. He was like 13 or something um, on that show. And he's not somebody that stands out. He's not somebody that you really notice. It's more of kind of a footnote in the celebrity of Michael B. Jordan that like, oh yeah, he was that kid on The Wire who, you know, barely plays a role into the overall plot of the show. And so it's kind of an interesting footnote in his celebrity. But, uh, yeah, like, he was somebody who already had an acting career under the name Michael B. Jordan, and now he's blown up to be a huge celebrity. And um, in the way that I have a huge man crush on Idris Elba, yes. fucking Michael B. Jordan is a fucking good-looking man. He's a really good-looking man. I can't go there with you, but I love his acting. And he's a fucking fantastic actor in the same way that Idris Elba is. I just saw Thor Ragnarok also. Not that anyone cares about that. Uh, but Idris was in that. And they had a scene early on where they went to the gate and he wasn't there. And it was like, where's Idris? You know, where's, this is bullshit. Where's Idris? And then he shows up later in kind of a bigger part. So that, that worked out okay. But back to the Black Panther. So... The Black Panther is Ryan Coogler's next movie after Creed. Um, I feel really bad for new directors and the way that they have to kind of come onto the scene nowadays. You know, I think this really started with J.J. Abrams, how he came on with Mission Impossible 3, then he had to make Star Trek number 10 before he was allowed to make his own movie. Uh, Ryan Coogler did make Fruitville Station. Michael B. Jordan's in that as well. 
Yeah, and I don't know. And uh, another movie that I've yet to see, but I've heard so many good things about it, to the point to where like if it was like one of those like it's it pops up on your Netflix like right when you load it, or it pops up on Hulu right when you load it, like I, I definitely would have watched it by now. It's just kind of the the sort of movie that if you're not actively thinking about seeking it out, you sort of forget about it until someone else mentions it. And what is like, it? Oh, yeah, I need to see it. So Fruitvale Station is, the name is taken directly from a, a, a BART station in the Oakland area. And um, what happened was about five years ago, there was uh, an unarmed black young man who was handcuffed and then shot to death by a Bart, um, a, a Bart PD officer, and then it's the whole story about how it's about the life of the young man and what led up to his murder at the hands of this Bart uh, station officer. And then I'm trying to remember. I think the Bart officer actually did get convicted of manslaughter, but like he got like a very reduced sentence. And it's and it's like so topical because it has to deal with. Um, racial injustice in the U.S. and the fact that so many unarmed young black men and black women, too, are getting gunned down by police officers. Um, and when, when you sit there and look at, like, well, what did they do? Like, is there anything that would justify why they were murdered by a police officer? You, you start to realize, like, it has more to do with the perception of how dangerous they were based on their race than it had to do anything with their actual uh, actions. And it, it, it's one of those real, like, kind of sign of the times sort of thing. Like, it gives you a place of where we are right now in our, our current American society. Yes, a little bit of a downer. I'm going to try to bring it back up to Black Panther. Now, Black Panther, they gave it to Ryan Coogler on the strength of Creed. Which has a connection to Oakland, by the way. Of course. The, the, the movie does. Of course. Uh, now, I uh, am, am not a huge comic book. I'm not a big com I'm not a comic book fan at all. I don't want to say I'm not a huge because I'm not even a small comic book fan. I'm not a fan of comic books. I'm a fan of movies. You know, so if something comes out and it's a movie, I'll check it out. But I don't have like a holdover affinity from comic books the way... Uh, I have a, I have a couple of friends that are real into comic books, and they are super excited about what's going on with Marvel and all these movies. And I feel like Black Panther is the first time ever that we're starting to see that there is an end to all of this mania, because they are giving us, in my opinion, the 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 B list here, the C list, possibly even the D list. Well, what I want to say about that is, is when you start doing comic book movies, I really feel like Comic book movies shouldn't penalize you if you're not a reader of of the comics. Um, you know, another movie that I hope we end up talking about is a movie called Annihilation. Annihilation is a movie by um, the the writer director of uh, Ex Machina, which we did an episode on that. Yeah, I feel like one of that. our best episodes. Yeah, we love that one. I love that director, and he's the whole Alex Garland is the whole reason why I went and watched this movie. Just based on the trailer, I wasn't going to see this movie. When I learned it was Alex Garland, I went and saw that movie. It was based on a book. I did not need to read the book to know what was happening in the movie, and that's what you need to do with these comic book movies. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be someone who has read multiple issues of the comic books in order to understand what is happening in the movie because that penalizes somebody who wants to see a good entertaining movie but is not already a built-in fan of the comic books now 
I think the perfect way to do it, and I feel like a lot of the Marvel movies have done a good job of this, which is uh, you include Easter eggs that reward fans of the comics uh, in a way that someone who doesn't read the comics is not going to notice at all. But um, as it as it pertains to Black Panther, I feel like I, I totally understood what was going on in Black Panther. I understood the origins of the character. Uh, I had seen Civil War, which was, I think, the first Marvel appearance of Black Panther. Um, but at the same time, I, I just wonder, like, if I did watch, if, if I did read the comics, if there was more that I would pick up and if there was more enjoyment in this movie, you know, if I was already a, a fan of Black Panther from the comics. But I feel like Black Panther is also, like, it's a really easy idea to pick up and understand because a lot of it like stems right out of the the uh, civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s and then the Black Panther movement and the Black Power movement that, that extended from that. And I think that Black Panther was the comic book response to something that was happening in the real world. And I think it's very, very cool that it's a, it's, it's a concept and an idea and a character that's existed all the way to this point and is now being brought to the big screen. But I don't feel like they really imprinted a lot of that DNA into the story of this movie. Well, well, just for edification, uh, I looked into it, and the Black Panther comic book actually predates the Black Panther movement. So it's something that is older than Black Panther movement, so it's not a political statement, but its arrival in Hollywood is is nothing but political. So I, I think, you know, I think a political conversation definitely well, no needs to no be i disagree with you i don't think it's nothing but political because this movie is all about trying to make money and if it cynically hijack hijacks a social movement i i think that's something that is just indicative of the fact that you know they they churn out these movies as a way to try and make a profit i like the way you put that say that again uh they uh, they they cynically hijacked cynically hijacked that's social exactly movements what they did. as as a way to try and yeah. increase their profits. Uh, that's exactly what they did here. You know, I feel like the whole debate about you know if you're gonna like this movie, if you're not gonna like it, pressuring people to like it based on a certain element of the movie, all is completely manufactured by the movie industry. I don't think that I don't feel like that's something that's really being pressed on us. I don't even think it's manufactured because, like, I don't want to sit here and say that like Ryan Coogler, like his his whole motivation for making this was to try and like profit off of the back of a uh, movement for social equality, racial equality. I don't think that's what he was trying to do at all. He might have inserted some of those messages into this movie, but I think he inserted those messages into the movie as a way to relate to the audience that's watching it because they're of a mind said that even you know five years into the future they're most likely still going to be receptive or or at least able to kind of perceive those messages there i think the marketing of the movie and you know as it pertains to like how it's done on social media really does try and tap into a lot of that and um it's kind of sad because there is a little bit of you know social progressivism you know, in in the the plot of this movie, but it's not at all something that plays into what what is the um, motivations of the character. You know, what is the plot of this movie? 
you know, what is the driving force of this movie? What is the central thesis of this movie? Well, let's walk through the plot of it just so we can kind of get into the thick of it a little bit. Okay. So this Do movie, you want to get into spoilers at all before we, um, we get started? Let's let's say um, we'll we'll cross a spoilers line and we'll well, because I honestly feel like we can talk a lot about this movie without getting into that, that's plot okay. spoilers yeah, at that, all. That's okay, too. Okay, so I'm good with going no spoilers. So Chadwick Boseman plays T'Challa, who is the main character in the movie, who becomes Black Panther. Yeah, and the, Michael... the king of Wakanda yeah. uh, is the Black Panther. And there's a whole ceremony and everything, and I feel like we can talk about that, and that's not spoilers. Yeah, I want to get into Because I knew going that. into yeah. the movie that they would have that. Yeah, I want to get it's into It's got that. a lot of, like, Lion King DNA to it. I, I was going to say that, too. It very and, and here's the thing, is Lion King, not to spoil it or anything, but... I didn't really care for Lion King. That's one of those ones that it's a movie that was bum, all bum, bum. It was it was all hype and when you rewatch it, not because it's Hamlet, that's not the reason why I don't enjoy it. The reason cuz I don't enjoy Hamlet either. It's because it's a simplistic story that is all based on the fact that because your dad was the king, you get to be the king too. Uh, you know, if I if I believe anything about you know, social justice or social equality. I truly hate the notion that because your dad is the king, you get to be the king. Yeah, but if you want to talk about if you want to talk about Lion King versus this movie, that's one way in which they separate themselves. At least, at least with with Black Panther, they they do hold um, before before the new king is crowned, they hold a um, a a challenge um, quorum. You know, so they bring together all the, all the other tribes. Even the outcast tribe is allowed to come in and challenge for the throne. And if they can overthrow the the person who is next in line for throne, that person automatically gets crowned king. Which I think is a stupid process for electing leader. Because you could have someone who is an ideal leader, but is not physically strong. And the fact that they could be physically overthrown is is not a way to decide who becomes the leader. And worse than but Regardless of that, with with Lion King, they don't have that at all. But worse than that, with Black Panther, I mean, at least at least with Black Panther, it's a somewhat democratic process because the people of the other tribes can decide. Well, who would we think would be best fit to become leader, and then we'll push that for, that person forward, and then they can represent our views and values. Except for the tribe who's all about their army and their violence, which they're just going to have the biggest leader who's like the biggest strongest guy which is the guy that comes and challenges which he gets his ass kicked now the problem here is that you know you want to accuse the in my opinion you want to accuse anyone who doesn't like this movie as being racist that's basically what the movie the movie studio memo to the people has been about the reviews i i disagree with that do do they allow that to be an argument that's made absolutely of course like now, it, it's to their financial benefit i'm going to go the opposite but, but do i think that's in the marketing no i don't think there's there there's not there's not a racial component at all to the marketing but i do feel like there's a social component to that and that is kind of annoying to me because i feel like there's so many movies out there that are more that are more uplifting when it comes to a, a message of social justice of of racial equality than this movie. I don't think this movie is completely cynical with that message, but I don't think this is the best representation. Like this is not the movie that you sit there and say we're going to build a social movement off of this. This is a fucking this is a dumb not mindless but 
It's not a very intellectual movie. Um, it's a total popcorn movie. And if it were a better movie, they would have released it in the summer. But it's not a better movie, and that's why they released it in February. Well, but I'm going to go a step further here. I'm actually going to accuse not only the movie studio that made this of being racist, but also the comic book creators of it. Because the idea that because they're in Africa and because they're a, a tribe in Africa, they have to physically fight it out to see who the boss is. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of Ace Ventura, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ace Ventura 2, um, When Nature Calls. Yeah. There's so much of that to this movie. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you have this advanced, like, they, they portray them as being the most technologically advanced uh, uh, civilization on the planet. Yet they still have these outdated, backward tribal customs, and it doesn't make any goddamn sense. I mean, they have a fucking god, like, they have people that are straight up out of fucking 1960s issues of National Geographic in this movie that are supposed to be present day. Um, I don't want to say it's racist as shit, but at the same time, like, if you were to let a white person make a movie about, like, oh, what is it like in the deepest part of Africa? Like, this is the type of movie that they churn out. And it's right. very disappointing to watch this. All right. And you know, I haven't been to Africa, so I don't want to speak some, like, I'm some sort of authority on the subject. But it's my understanding that Africa is not at all like how it's depicted in the, the racist white lens, especially the kind of lens that you see through this movie. If you were to believe this movie... You would think that Africa is nothing but huts. It's a shithole country. It's a shithole continent. And that the whole thing is yeah, war-torn. Yeah, Donald Trump's Africa. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what Africa's really like because I don't think that we get a real view of it. Just like how we don't get a real view of Iraq or Afghanistan or any of the other countries in the world. We get this, like, you know, Americanized, we're better than them anyway, so fuck they them. Be in South America. Yeah. For, for all we can tell. Yeah, exactly. And this movie, here's another thing about superhero movies. When I'm watching superhero movies, uh, one of the main things I'm going to ask myself is what powers does the main character have and how did he get those powers? Black Panther is one of the laziest superhero-powered heroes I've ever seen. His power is that he's super strong or extremely strong or, or sort of more strong. And the reason he's more strong is because he's the son of the king, and because the son of the king gets to drink a special flower juice. That's it. If anybody else drinks the special well, flower he also juice... Has, he also has a technologically advanced suit. So he's kind of got Iron Man, but instead of having flying powers, he can run really fast. Yes, and then in this society... Which is kind of racist. It's like, yeah. oh, we have a black superhero. What's one of his superpowers? Super speed. He's really fast. Yeah, he's a... Yeah, he's he's like, extremely yeah. athletic. <laughs> yeah, it's, He's not willing to work as hard on the field as, like, the white players are. But, you know, he makes up for that in just raw physical talent. Now, the movie does start to make up some ground, though, about... 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, we meet the villain of the piece, Michael B. Jordan. Who well, no, he like we meet Michael B. Jordan at the very beginning of the film. Like he's he's in he's in a 5-minute scene right at the start of the film as a modern day uh young man. Uh he's at the Louvre, I think, or he's at some European or French um That's a few art gallery. In. That's the scene I'm talking about, but that's more than 5 minutes in. 
but um, but then we don't see him again for like another like forty five minutes, which is I, I think a huge like like that shows that they didn't plot this movie out very well. They didn't write the story out very well. Um, in that this is a movie that should have like this movie should have shown the duality of the character of T'Challa and then of what what was his name Eric? His name was like Eric Killmonger. Yeah, Eric Killmonger. So. It's something that should have followed those two. Okay, so no, the movie starts off with showing um, Chadwick, uh, or T'Challa's father, and Eric's father. Yeah. And they show what happens between the two of them, which which kind of leads into what ends up happening in the plot of this movie. So it's a really simplistic story when you look at it that way, but it's really aggravating because I feel like the most interesting character in this entire story was Eric, Michael B. Jordan's character. 100% agree And with they you. don't spend enough time on him. He's great. He comes in in this great scene where he is in a museum and he's asking one of the people that work there, like, you know, where did this artifact come from? Where did this? And he's looking at these ancient uh, African artifacts. And then she tells him that one of these artifacts came from somewhere. And he says, no, that came from Wakanda. You know, you stole that from me, and, and basically, in so many words, I'm going to steal it back. And his justification for stealing it is that, you know, you didn't buy this from whoever you got it from. You, you stole this from somebody, which, as an audience member, I 100% agreed with him. I was like, you know what? You're exactly right. You know, that's like saying, oh, we bought the slaves. Like, no, you stole the slaves. Like, no matter how you slice it, just because you paid money for it, you took something that you shouldn't have taken, and you took something that was not yours. Yeah, this was something that you never could have possessed. Yeah. But you've made the argument that you possess it, and therefore you you hold ownership over the value of it. And that's something that is... Like, I feel like if that would have been more in the messaging of the movie, that, that could have, like, really carried through. But yeah. they, they kind of dropped that pretty quickly. And, but that was the highlight of the entire movie, that scene. But I feel like there's another point that, that uh, Michael B. Jordan's character makes, and that is when he's arguing for why he should rule over Wakanda, and he talks about the fact that, look, you guys possessed... Uh, superior technology to the rest of the world. You guys possessed a resource that cannot be found anywhere else in the world. You knew that people of of your same ethnicity were suffering throughout the world, and yet you stood by and did nothing. And he's like, I intend to come in and change that. And like, that's the whole thing about his character. His whole character's motivation is he wants to be. I know I'm getting into spoilers. But this kind of leads me into my problem with all Marvel movies, which he highlights something that's wrong with all Marvel movies. If the Marvel, if the Mar, if the Avengers wanted to fucking really make a difference in the world and really like save people, they wouldn't just use their their technology, their resources to make one person super powerful. They would sit there and say, you know what? I possess this technology that could be revolutionary in the world and to change the world, the way in which the world operates. And they would share that with the rest of the world. And I feel like Black Panther, to its credit, is the first Avengers movie that says, you know what? We're not going to hold on to these resources. We're going to share what we have with the rest of the world to the benefit of the rest of the world. But, but to their uh, to not to their not credit is that they don't say their that. detriment to their detriment. Thank you. They don't say that. You know they, they don't, fight they don't tooth come... and nail to not have that perspective. And it takes Michael B. Jordan coming in as an outsider and forcing his way on the inside. You know, claiming that he is 
a, the rightful heir to the throne. Yeah, a Wagandan, which I don't even understand how that logic is supposed to follow. How can you be born in America, come over? And then they do make a really offensive transition at one point. Manny mentioned it briefly, and it's kind of a spoiler, but they, in so many words, basically say that anyone who is black should not be oppressed. They, they, they switch it from being anyone who's Wakandan like, you know, you should be helping all Wakandans, and they just sort of substitute that for, like, well, anyone who's black, basically. Yeah, but I think I think that is one place in which um, uh, the the Ryan Coogler, you know, the creative minds behind this movie said, like, hey, here's a social issue in which we can we can kind of saddle ourselves up to it and, and put a message out there. But they literally say that. Now, now, here's my problem with it, is that if you want to say, hey, I'm a Wakandan, and I want to make anyone else who's a Wakandan be able to not be oppressed and be able to rise up. But when you make a, a, a when you make it a racial thing, when you literally just say, "Well, anyone who's black," that's you saying that's you making a racial divide when no one else did. You know, if you want to make a country divide, that is a you know that's that I don't agree with the, that either. But that at least is not offensive. That's like okay, you know, that's your opinion because you're from that country. See, but I disagree with you on that because. The history of Africa as a continent is one of uh, suffering under the hand of, um, you know, European colonialism. And I think that's something to where, you know, you can sit there and look at the motivations for why the Wakandans operated the way that they did. But you can't say say that they were trying to protect their resources from colonialism. But I don't think the movie should get the credit for that because it doesn't spend enough time really delving into that. No, because if if the dividing line that you divide on is racial, you're saying anyone who's black is right and anyone who's not black is wrong. You can't say that well, because you yeah, don't know yeah, every but, single but, person. But you that's, don't know that's saying that's saying that that's saying that stereotyping is okay if it's done in the other direction. Right. Which you is know? not okay. No, it's I not okay. I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, every white person. But I think I think that's the flaw. Like that's racial. But I think that's the flaw that's inherent to Michael B. Jordan's character. I think he looks at it as it's a simply, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, a black and white issue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously it's not. It's a some, it, it, It's an issue of saying what is right and what is wrong. And you can sit here and say, like, what, what has been done to people of African descent, you know, as a result of Western, Western culture of European colonialism is absolutely wrong. But to sit there and to try and justify that by saying, like, you know, genocide against all white people, you know, all people who are not aligning themselves with African culture, you know, are, are then, you know, subject to genocide, like, that is wrong, and that's that's in favor of your argument. Yeah. Well, my point of view, like, if I was to be the dictator of the world, I might divide things, but it wouldn't be racially. It would be on intelligence quotients. Like, I would take every person who's smart and put them in charge, no matter what their race is. I don't care at all about that. Show, yeah. me, show me your intelligence. Well, and that's the flaws of, of uh, Michael B. Jordan's character. He's not somebody who looks at it with that sort of nuance and subtlety. Like, he just looks at it as like, look, I saw a lot of bad things happen to people who look like me, and I want to hurt people who don't look like me as as a way to rectify the situation. And he's absolutely wrong for that. But at the same time, I do give this movie credit in that T'Challa has this moment to where he goes, look, 
we were wrong for the way that we operated in the past, which led to, you know, someone like Eric coming along and saying like, look, you guys did me wrong. You did my family wrong. And feeling justified in doing the things that he did in order to uh, sort of give himself a sense of justice. And what's weird about the Eric character is, first of all, he's the best character in the whole movie. You've said that several times. And he's not in the movie enough. And his point of view is more close to being correct than anyone else's point of view. Which shows that there's a major flaw in the movie. But then as the movie progresses, he kind of morphs into this other character that he didn't seem to be at first. Would you agree with that? Like I don't know that I would agree with that because I feel like who he kind of becomes once he has power is just an extension of who he was before he had power. Because as he's advertising himself to be the king, he seems pretty appealing. You know, his whole point of view is that they should share what a, what you uh, Wakanda has with the rest of the world so that the rest of the world can be as advanced as Wakanda is. I don't I don't think he does that at all. I think he comes right in and he's like, look, like you and I can't coexist together. I'm going to do everything that I can to destroy you. And then once I'm in power, like I'm going to do everything that I need to do in order to, you know, uh, meet my end goals. I think I think he he sets that out right from the beginning. I mean, you know, there's a moment in the film to where he he views somebody that you feel is close to him as being expendable. And right away, that that is what ticks you off. Like that's what tips you off to the fact that this is a guy who is going to sit here and whatever he has to do to meet his goal, he's going to do that. And you know, I, I feel like it stays pretty consistent to his character. I just wish we would have had more time to kind of like follow him and follow his story because he was a much more interesting character than Chadwick Boseman's character. See, well, I you know I didn't follow the movie super. Closely. I mean, even 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 Chad Chadwick Bose T'Challa's family, like they're not as interesting if if we had been following the the path and the struggles of uh, Eric. Uh, uh, Killmonger. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't want to claim that I was following the movie super closely because I really would want to see it several times to really claim all the kind of stuff that I'm I'm trying to get into. But the way it seemed to me on one viewing, you know, just as it seemed, was that he was essentially advertising himself as a more potent leader because he had a long-term plan for what Wakanda was doing. You know, he was giving you a history lesson of what they've done wrong in the past, and here's what they can do in the future. And three is he had a plan for how himself to come to power, which I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that he was able to come to power. Yeah, I mean, that's something that, that you've got to have the sense happens in the movie. Yeah. And of course, that leads you to what, what happens in uh, the climax of the movie. But at the same time, I feel like um, he was the result of like, there was something that T'Challa set out to accomplish, and there was it was the one main thing that he was focused on. He wasn't focused on anything else diplomatically, um, and he failed at that. And I feel like, you know, because that was his main goal, that he didn't focus on any of the other things. But I do feel like, to to the movie's credit and to Michael B. Jordan's character's credit, that he forced. Uh, T'Challa to think of like, oh, okay, well, how should I view the rest of the world and how it affects us instead of our very isolationist, you know, views toward the rest of the world. And I think that it's the, like, 
If there's anything this movie deserves credit for, it's the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to say, like, hey, look, us holding on to these resources and saying, like, we'll only use these resources when we're punching the bad guys in order to save the rest of the world, you know, is the wrong way to go about it. The best way for us to utilize these resources, if we really want to save the world, is to share them with the rest of the world. Uh, also, another place where the movie came off to me as being racist in a, in a very unnecessary way was that even though they were the most advanced civilization the Earth had ever seen, uh, everyone who was associated with the king or anyone who was in any sort of official position had a very old school garb. They had a very old school like yeah, it was face very painting, like traditionalist, very traditional, and the, to the point to where like his sister, his younger sister, because she didn't accept like she was very reluctant to to uh accept any of these traditionalist practices and garb and everything that other people like looked down upon her and judged her un you know unfavorably because of the way that she reacted to all of this yeah and i've never seen that in iron man you know i never saw tony stark's uh, main guys dressing like it was the 1940s because they were so traditional or dressing like it was the 1700s or the 1600s or the 1400s. And it's like these guys were dressed like it was a thousand yeah. years ago. Well, the closest to that would be like the way that people were portrayed in um, Doctor Strange. And again, you can sit there and say, well, the racial component of that is that it takes place in Asia. And the, the whole thing is that you might say like, too. You, you, yeah, no, I agree with you. And you might sit there and say like, well, you know, that's just a way of reflecting the culture in which they Why exist they in. just dress but it's like, like normal look, people? Like, other cultures are just as advanced as our culture. Like to sit there and say that other cultures are less advanced is to sit there and say that these people are savages, right. which means that they, they are not, uh, you you know, from a racial perspective, and they literally they're had not spears. as they yes, literally had spears. yes, yes. They were using these fucking primitive weapons. It was it was offensive to me, honestly. It was. They had this advanced technology, yet they were so fucking backward. Like 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 you said, like a thousand years backward. Yeah. And it was so baffling. Like I was watching this, and I was like, I feel like I'm watching fucking Ace Ventura too. Right. Like it's so fucking weird and off-putting and backward. Yeah. Like I couldn't believe that you had a fucking mainstream cinematic film in 2018 that was showing people in fucking like Africans in the bush. Yeah. And then and then the fact that on top of that there's this social notion that if you don't think it's good, then you're the racist one. Like it's like it's it, it's well, and you can sit there and be like, well, look how advanced their technology is. Well, look how advanced the technology is in Japan. They're not walking around in fucking samurai costumes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not dressed up like kabuki. <laughs> yeah, like that, Jesus fucking Christ, yeah, man. Is that that'd be the equivalent going to Japan and seeing them dress like samurai? They don't dress like samurai. Why? Because that was a thousand years ago. Yes. Like, you don't have fucking people working in Silicon Valley in America dressed like the fucking wild, wild west. And that was a hundred years ago. Give me a fucking break, yeah, man. Yeah, it's like you dress like how things look now. You know, if you have the most advanced clothing, you should be wearing things that are fashionably forward, not fashionably a thousand years backwards. You know, you're talking about people with huge loops in their ear, National Geographic style. The the some other some other criticisms that I have for the movie is like they they tried to portray that they had this very robust society, but the thing was is like outside of seeing their garden, the throne room, which was very reminiscent of the Star Wars prequels, and then um, 
T'Challa's sister, uh, the Lupita Nyong'o, her her lab, like you didn't see very much of Wakanda at all. Like yeah. you saw, like outside of the force field, there were people living in like fucking huts and shit. You know, and people referring to it, people that were from the outside world who had never been to Wakanda, because Wakanda is like a hardcore isolationist nation. And they were like, yeah, Wakanda is like a fucking dirty, like third world country. Um, and there, there is some racial elements to that, but also it just, it, it was so weird and so bizarre because like, I'm like, okay, these people have no, like they, they basically have no contact with the outside world, but yet they have like all these like modern skyscrapers and it's like, when did they build these skyscrapers? Right. Why Who did they build, build these skyscrapers? There's no indication of the class of people that built this stuff or that's using any of this stuff. It's like how are they getting the materials in there to build skyscrapers? It's like where are they training the architects who design these skyscrapers? And the way they're portrayed in the movie is that they're simplistic uh, people who like herd goats and do do jobs like that. But then at a moment's notice, they'll pull out some piece of grand technology and they'll use it like it's magic. You know, like, like for example, me and Manny, we live in the modern It's world. a movie that's very insulting to the intelligence of the audience. Really, and like, that was really frustrating for me. But just as an example, Manny and I, we both live in the modern world. Manny will ask me questions about computers like, hey, how do I get on the Wi-Fi network of this computer? And I'll be like, oh, the way you do it, you know, the, the Wakanda equivalent of that should be like, oh, how do I use this little magic button thing? You know, do I rotate it one click? Do I rotate it two clicks? Do I just put it into any wound that's hurting? And the other person would be like, oh, no, the way that it works is because it does this, it does that, and it does this. You'd have all these people that have experience, that have knowledge about how all these different technologies work, how they converge. But instead of portraying it like that, they portray it like you have people that don't have any clue how any of this stuff works. It's magic, but it's in the form of technology. And that's what made it, to me, racist. I, I didn't like that element of it. You know, and I don't know everything about African culture. I don't know everything about it, so... You know, maybe I'm wrong, but it just felt like they were portrayed like they had lived a thousand years ago and technology from the future was there, but there was no one who knew how to explain it. It just, it, it wasn't realistic. That's not how modern day is. Like, if you, if you live in the modern day, you know, like, let's say I'm trying to print something, I might ask my friend, like, hey, how do I use your printer? You know, do I print this? Do I print this? It's not like I just pull out some magic printer orb and I put it in your wound and then it heals it. And it's like, oh, this will fix you in a couple of days. Don't worry. It's like that. that is not how technology works. It's a, it's a very racist view of it. It's like saying yeah. a thousand years ago in Africa, what if they had great technology that was like Well, magic? I feel like if anything, like, the, the way to do this movie was to show that, like, like 50, 60 years ago, um, they decided to start to open up their society to the outside world. And then it showed like how they were kind of adjusting to having that contact with the outside world, which is how kind of like how Eric Killmonger, you know, discovered that like, oh, my father was from here. And like, oh, this is what was going on while my father was still alive and, and, and you know, bringing things along that way. But that's not the way that they did it. And it was just, it, it was just... It was dumb. It was heavy-handed. It wasn't very well thought out, and I feel like I feel like even if you don't think about the movie on a deeper basis, 
I don't feel like it's a very good movie. I feel like it's a very okay movie. You know, the opening was very insulting too, and I kind of didn't think too much about it because I was like, I'm sure they'll go back and explain that this isn't as insulting as it seems on its face, but no, it, it was. It opens on Brooklyn in like 1984. Oakland. Oakland, excuse me. Oakland in like 1984. And 1994. 1994, and there's two black guys that are planning a crime. That's how it starts off. With a bunch of guns. <laughs> and you're kind of like, whoa, like, that seems racial. Like, you got these black guys, they're, they're going to commit a crime? Like, uh, you know, like, I thought this was a racially forward movie. Like, that's how you're starting? And then it turns out they're both Wakandans. <laughs> it doesn't make any like, sense. Like, they're both sent there under the direction of the government. And then these two bald chicks with spears show up. Spears! Spears. Literal spears. I mean... <laughs> Are they vibranium? <laughs> yeah, but they're fucking spears, bro. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's and it's like, wait, I'm I'm racist if I don't think this is good. Like this is this is racial, very yeah. racial, um, and gross, very gross. A lot of gross elements to it. And then it's a very, <laughs> and it's just a very standard action movie. There's one pretty decent chase. A lot of boring shit happens. The main characters the, boring. The fights that they do uh, uh, for the challenge, like, those are pretty cool. Uh, the CGI rhinos, like, I laughed my ass off of those parts. Well, like, um, ima- imagine that. I, I, was like, I was like, you know what? Like, if we got up and left at this point, I would not feel bad. They totally wasted uh, Daniel uh, Coulier. Is that his? The, the guy from Get Out. Oh, yeah. They totally wasted well, him. Let, let me just what if you. Let's, let's not do this election because this one's too heated. But let's go back to Clinton versus... Who did he go against? Clinton? Bush? Bush, no. Clinton... Well, after Bush, he went against um, Bob Dole. Oh, uh, Clinton and Dole, okay. Let's say instead of voting, they get into a pond and they fight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, look, look. If you don't know anything about Bob Dole, Bob Dole could not use his right hand. He used to carry a pen in his right hand because um, in, in like the Korean War or something, he had an injury to where he was kind of, I don't think he was paralyzed on his right side, but something happened to where he couldn't use his right arm. So he used to carry around a pen in his right arm. And, like, he's the face of, like, granddaddy conservatism. Yeah. You know? And, like, I think it was Pepsi that tried to make an ad with Bob Dole in the mid-90s. And it was the lamest fucking thing you had seen up until the 2000s. Because it was just so, like... Like, you had somebody who had no business, like, trying to, like, speak to the youth. And he was like... We're the face of the new generation. And I was like, ah, don't watch. Because it was fucking Bob Dole, dude. Yeah. And of course, he got fucking trounced by Clinton, by Bill Clinton. Think about the time we were in, in the fucking 90s, when fucking, you know, the, the, the Republican candidate gets his ass kicked by a Clinton. And that's where we were as a country. Um... But we voted. But imagine the two of them fighting, 
And, like, Bill Clinton at the time was, like, in his fucking early 40s. Yeah. Like, he wasn't the most fit guy, but he was definitely, like, he could fuck. He could fuck real good. Yeah. And Bob Dole probably hadn't fucked since the fucking Reagan administration, <laughs> you know? Which at the time would have been, like, 10, 15 years. Well, you're forgetting that he became a... And he didn't have use of his right arm! He became a spokesperson for Viagra. You forgot that. Bob Dole did? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Fuck for Christ. erectile dysfunction medication. Of course he did. <laughs> but this is Bob Dole, and I can't get it up. And if you can't get it up, but all I mean, my friends at Viagra. But I, mean, I want somebody to explain to me how it's not racist that the the black leader in a the most advanced African country civilization ever, the most advanced country in the world, in the world, not in Africa, in the world, has like, to be fought like, in a pond. It's not, it's it's not that they have no idea they're the most advanced <laughs> culture in the world. They know they have the most advanced technology in the world, and they're still like, no, we need to do this shit that we we're doing a thousand fucking years ago. Yeah. Fuck Black Panther. <laughs> And it's just, it's offensive. It's offensive to me watching it. Maybe that's not the right feeling I'm supposed to have, but I'm just offended by it. No, you should be offended. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. And it's like, it's gross, you know? And then, okay, so the Black Panther, the hero, his powers aren't interesting. He's not cool. His acting is not so great. He's not written well. The villain is written pretty well. I enjoy watching Michael B. Jordan. It's not, it's not really how he's written, but it's like he's a great actor. And I can tell why Ryan Coogler has worked with him over and over and over. It makes perfect sense because he's fantastic. And I'll, I'll basically watch anything Michael B. Jordan is in. And, you know, and it begs the question, why wasn't Michael B. Jordan the Black Panther? I mean, that, yeah. That's really where... Oh, my God. Where can you imagine how much better this movie would have been if they would have had Michael B. Jordan as the Black Panther? Well, and Chadwick Boseman was... was spoilers. Uh, he becomes the Black Panther in the movie about 45... An hour in. And it's like the best <laughs> Yeah, moment. when he finally reappears, yeah, and it's, like it's the, just before he becomes and, the Black and Panther. Like, as the audience, we're kind of like, oh... Well, good, because he seems intelligent. <laughs> He's interesting. He's more compassionate. He gives more of a shit about the rest of the people yeah. in the world and but, how he can help them but then, through his resources. But then his whole plan turns out to be just to give these, like, knives to black people. That's what it turns out to be. <laughs> At the end, remember? He's like, here's these knives. He's like, just send this to every black person. It's like, Ooh. I thought it was spears. I thought it was like, give these spears to black people. It's like, well, how, uh, let me ask you this. Because white people will respect black people if they have spears. Yeah, it was like, you're, like, you're telling me that's not racial? That seems very racial to me. My goodness. Because <laughs> I don't think about things on, I don't divide things on racial lines. Like, that's not how I think. Like, I don't think, like, you know what we should do? Arm all black people. Arm all this kind of person. Like, I don't think like that because I'm not a yeah. racist. Like, I think people are confused right now about what racism is. Let me explain to you what racism is. Racism is when you paint an entire race with a broad brush. I don't think people are that confused about it. I no, they, people, are. I think, they are. I think people very much... Well, they maybe are because, people from where you're no, from. No, because here's why. Because they think it's only something negative. It can be positive. Like, let's say that I say, all white people are smart. That's positive, right? All, like like saying all all Asian people are good at math. Sure. That's racist. Right. And you can't sit there and say like, but it's positive, so it's okay. Like that's not like what you're doing is right what racism is to 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 take what the way you're defining it. What racism is Which is excellent. Thank is you. it's redefining the value of a person based on a stereotype. Based on their race. 
based on a stereotype that is that is embedded within like, their race. Let, let, let's say you, let's say you so see I'm a person. So I'm Hispanic, and you're like, oh, well, you're really good at doing hard manual labor. But let, let's say I see a person, and all I see about him and is And I'm like, you're white. You're really good at eating hot dogs. <laughs> That's me. Uh, but let's say you see a, a person. All you see there's their race, and you say, like, oh, I know a lot about this person now. I just saw their race. That's racist. I know so much about them. That's racist. To me, I don't. I feel like well, I don't know that person yeah. at all. So, so to use the way that you're talking about it, yeah, defining a person by their race is racist. Right. So if you were to say that, like, all black people need knives so they can rise up against all white people, that's racist because you don't know that the black person is a good person. You don't know the white person is a bad person. You're dividing everything racially. You don't know if the black person is poor. They could be Will Smith. Yeah, if you really wanted to help Send people, Will you'd Smith say, look, we're going to start selling all of these resources that we have, and then we're going to use these this money to fund black businesses, like like black-owned yeah. businesses. We're going to back black political candidates so that way we can even things out. Like, that would be the way to achieve it. Not to sit there and say, I'm going to ship out a bunch of fucking knives. Like... <laughs> Half those people are going to sell the knives. They're going to be like, the fuck am I going to do with this? Here, you want to buy a fucking vibranium knife? And then uh, at the Give end, me $1,000. And then at the end of the movie, they indicate that the height of their Wakandan technology is rhinos with shields on. Oh, my God. Rhinos. That's not the height of their technology. But that that is like, that's that's the thing in the movie. Like rhinos. I said, like I said earlier, that was the point to where I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I could get up and walk out of this movie and rhinos just be like, I don't care what happened. Armor I'm on. done. I'm done. Rhinos with armor on is the height of their war technology. All right. Can we talk about Annihilation now? Because I feel like all we're, all we're going to do at this point is keep shitting on this movie. But people are talking about it like it's some sort of fantastic movie and it basically sucks. Well, no, people are talking about this movie like it's a good movie and it's not a good movie. It's not a bad movie. But, like, if you're ranking the Marvel movies, it's like the worst Marvel movie is probably going to be Thor 2 The Dark World. Ooh, that's a good choice. And then above that is going to be Iron Man Man 2. 2. And then Ant-Man is probably the third worst Marvel movie. I like Ant-Man. I didn't like the Civil... No, the the Captain America movies. I hate all three of them, but the first (laughs) one is the worst. I don't know. I mean, the first half of the first Captain America movie is not that bad. It's interesting. The second half of it is a fucking DCU movie. The effects are interesting in the first. You talking about the, like the second half of uh, the, the second half a, of Thor: The First Avenger and the second half Thor of Wonder Woman, uh, or, or no, Wonder Woman, Captain America: The DCU. First Avenger. The second half of that is just as bad as the second half of Wonder Woman. Yeah, like, like when she I goes to fight, um, or I guess the third act of each of those movies is just as bad as each other. I graded Wonder Woman on a curb because, but Batman but I would Superman say was so bad. I'm not the only person to think this, but Black Panther fits in between. It's not as good as um, uh, um, Mister Wizard. What, what no, is the Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. Wow, <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not as good as Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is not a great movie, but it had like the ending to that was more interesting than the ending to this. Um, it's not as good as Doctor Strange, but it's better than Ant Man, which I feel like Ant Man's not a bad movie, but it's like definitely Ant-Man. like not one of the. It's it's Iron Man redo. 
Like, I, that's what it is. Well, I won't disagree with you. You have your opinion. But I liked Ant-Man because it was about a guy who is sort of has a criminal mind, but he has a good heart. Which I really related to that. Yeah, but it could have done so much more with it than it did, which is why it's not a better movie. Uh, I would say that this movie fits in. It's better than Thor and... Uh, ooh. No, I would watch Iron Man before. So I would say it's it's better than Thor. Cause I'll never watch Thor 2 again, period. <laughs> the end. There's no reason to watch it. It's awful. Um, I mean, the first Thor is not that good. I like in Thor fact, In fact, Black Panther, Black Panther might be better than the first Thor. Because the first Thor is like so hard to watch. I, I like it. It's so boring. Like Disagree. It's so pointless. Disagree. I Thor lo- Ragnarok? Really good. That's one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah, I like Thor Ragnarok pretty well. I like the middle part. Not the beginning or the end, but the middle. <laughs> the best part of Thor is the best part of Thor Ragnarok. The middle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay but so the best part Black of Thor Panther. Ragnarok is Kate Blanchett. Here we go. Black Panther, Ooh. yes. No, it's uh, it's it's uh, mm. Chris Hemsworth's haircut. Holler Way at me! It up. Holler at me, Kate okay. Blanchett. Black Panther. It's better. Holler at me. It's better than the worst Kate Marvel movie Blanchett. ever. May I talk? It's better than Thor two, which is the worst Marvel movie ever. But it's worse than Iron Man two. That's where I'm putting Black it. Panther. I would watch Iron Man two again before I'll ever watch. No, Black, Black Panther. Panther is better than uh, than Iron Man two, and you know that that means I'm not racist because I rank it there. Matt is definitely racist because he says. Well, Tony Iron Stark Man is two. white because Tony Stark is white. That's the only reason yeah. I like it. Yeah. So you know Matt's racist. Yeah. Anyway, uh, can we talk about Annihilation? When I'm watching the movie, the first thing I think about is, well, what color is the main hero? Yes. That's the most important thing. Which is why you're racist. (laughs) Can we talk about Annihilation now? Uh, I didn't see it. Let's hear about how you're sexist. Uh, Okay. So I want I want to just like real quickly. Well, you've seen Ex Machina, so you yes. can you can talk about this a little bit. Um, Give me your there's like a movie two out there minute, two minute review because I haven't seen it, so I don't have anything to say. So there's a lot of people that are saying like, why can't we have movies that are focused on female characters that are focused on strong Manny, female why characters can't we have movies that are, based that are on focused strong female on intelligent female on characters. characters. Why can't we why have, can't movies we have movies where you have where multiple, female, multiple characters female characters on screen? Are not talking about relationships and stuff. Exactly. You want that movie? Please. Go see Annihilation. It's exactly about that. Mm. In fact, the main character of the movie avoids talking about her relationship to the main male character of the movie because it's not relevant to who she is as a person or what she's trying to accomplish. So you like, liked Annihilation. Annihilation is one of my like I'm going to I'm going to say that right now Annihilation is the best movie of 2018. Wow. And it's going to take a really great movie to knock Annihilation off of that top ranking. Annihilation is a movie by Eric Garland. He wrote Alex. and directed this Alex Garland. Um he wrote and directed this movie, edit that out. Um Copy and he that. also edited uh, he also <laughs> wrote and directed Ex Machina, which we talked about Ex Machina. Yeah, love um, it. Excellent movie. Loved it. And if you love that movie, you're going to love this movie. It's a very cerebral, sci-fi-based movie. But one of the things that it does with this movie is in the same way that 
Ex Machina really built up a lot of paranoia and really focused on a very small collection of characters. This movie does that. It puts them into an environment where they really have to use their own wits to try and figure out how best to get out of a bad situation. And there's a there's a lot that's left up to the um, the interpretation of the audience. This is not a movie that holds your hand in the same way that like most of the Marvel movies do. This is a movie that wants you to think for yourself. It wants you to to decide what is going on, what happens at the end of the movie, and how the course of events during the movie that is portrayed to you, how that affects your decision of how they got to what happens at the end. Um, and the unfortunate thing is, for as good of the, the quality of this movie, for how high it is, and for the fact that this is a movie that really it's not about female empowerment it's just a movie about women being fucking capable characters and interesting people the same as men it didn't get the same like it didn't get the audience that it deserves Mm. and that's really really frustrating because i feel like had the people behind this movie at a24 um you know had they focused on that and said like hey you know, we're going to hijack the fact that there's a lot of people that are saying, like, why aren't there more female-focused movies? You could fucking have done that with this movie. Mm. And they didn't do that with this movie. And they're just like, no, we'll just let it go to Netflix in, um, you know, the international market. And then eventually, like, we'll put it in the international – we'll put it on Netflix in the U.S. market. And, you know, it'll just kind of go do its own thing. So if you Alex were, Garland is one of our best filmmakers that we have going right now. He's but, a fucking genius. He's a great writer. He's a fucking excellent director. Um, you know, say what you will about Natalie Portman. Say what you will about Oscar Isaac. But this is a fucking awesome movie, and it sucks that more people didn't go and see this because honestly, this is one of the few movies that you are. Um, there's a benefit to watching this in the fucking theater. Do you want to know something interesting about Alex Garland? Sure. I, I bet you don't know. Is that he was a novel writer before he was... Oh, yeah. He wrote a lot of stuff. And he wrote... He wrote The Beach. He wrote the novel for The Beach. He wrote 28 Days Later. That's interesting. Um, wow. You know, The Tesseract. Um, he wrote ta- Sunshine. He's talking right now about remaking The Beach because he felt like it was shit. And he was, I don't care. He felt better about the novel. He's talking about rewriting the movie. Oh, he wrote Dread. Like, like knowing that he wrote Dread like, just makes me want to see Dread more. Because I know you've seen Dread. Mm-hmm. You're, a bit, you're not a fan of it, right? No, nah, I'm not a fan. It's okay. It, it's worth a watch. It was, it was good in the theater. But here's one of the things I'm going to say about Annihilation. I never saw if, 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 you're, if you're on the fence about whether or not you want to see <laughs> it... Um, there is a scene in uh, Annihilation that is probably one of the most tense, creepy, uncomfortable fucking scenes I've ever seen in cinema. And it does it in two separate ways. Within the same scene, it goes from being really tense and uncomfortable from one way, and it switches to something else that, that, that sticks with you. After you watch the movie, you like think about it, and then you think about the ending to the movie and you think about well like what's what's happening with it um i mean i think you're you're really 
if you're if you have an opportunity to see Annihilation and you don't go and see it, you're really passing up a great opportunity to see some wonderful cinema. Um, if I can do a quick two minutes, put me on the clock. Okay. I want to do two minutes about three billboards outside okay. Ebbing, Missouri. Um, first thing I want to say is that you know I grew up in Vider, Texas, and we had shout out to Caleb Landry Jones. <clears throat> Caleb Landry Jones, he's in that movie. We had somebody who had their their son or daughter murdered, and they put up a billboard for years and years and years in Vider, Texas. Which is something that actually is in um, uh, the first season of True Detective. Mm. They have a billboard that they pass by in that movie, and that billboard, I think, was actually inspiration for the plot of the first season of True Detective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I remember seeing that billboard growing up. I forget what it had said exactly. And then I remember years later, the person started updating it with, and putting new, like more provocative stuff up every month. And um, and so anyway, in Three Billboards, this movie was nominated for Best Picture. It did lose to Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro, which I haven't seen yet. You better uh, buy and I want to see it. Uh, it's going to come out on the 13th tomorrow. Grinding Nemo. Grinding. <laughs> uh, I didn't come up with that that's joke. That's good. But That's yeah, good. It's funny. Well, you know, great writers steal. Yeah. All right. So that was great. Okay. Um. So three billboards. It it kind of has a lot in in uh, in common with Fargo. Um. I sort of expected it to be a murder mystery where the cops, you know, aren't aren't looking for the killer, and then she puts up these billboards, and then they finally start looking. They catch the killer. That doesn't happen at all. You know, and this movie totally defies expectations. One hundred percent. And really what it's about is characters. It's about the character of Woody Harrelson's character. This is some of his greatest, one of his greatest roles since True Detective. It's about Sam Rockwell. You know, I didn't know... I love Sam Rockwell. Once you see Not the to movie, be creepy. Once you see the movie, you'll understand how the Academy Awards really work. Because his role in that movie, there's nothing to do but give him the Oscar. It's like, you might as well just walk it down to his house and give it to him. It's because of the role. I mean, it's just a fantastic role. I don't know how else to say it. Um, Frances McDormand, her, you know, her winning could have kind of gone either way. There could have been a, a better portrayal than what she did, but what she did was great. Uh, the movie just doesn't follow expectations at all, and the ending of it is interesting. It's the guy who made In Bruges. You know, I think he he's kind of uh, him and uh, who were we talking about that did Looper before Ryan uh, Johnson. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. They kind of had a similar path. You know, I, f- I forget this guy's name. Oh, Neil McDonough. The, yeah, the guy who did In Bruges, and then while uh, uh, while Ryan was doing Brick and Looper, and so they they've kind of been on a similar trajectory. And this guy just does everything that. Ryan Johnson wishes that he did. You know, he he's keeping true to his kind of small movie roots. He's making good movies that are interesting, that are totally different. It's not Star Wars. <laughs> uh, that's the other thing. We need to... Let, can we do a five-minute bit? Let's set the timer on Star Wars The Last Jedi. We haven't talked about it on our show. We need to, we need to jump in and say something. Um, when I first saw this show, I, I didn't know what to think. I, ne- I needed a few days to think about it. Now that it's been a little while, everyone has sort of put their opinion out there. I want to be 
one of the guys who says that this movie was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, for me and a lot of other people that uh, the Last Jedi is going to be is going to represent the last Star Wars movie that we watch. Um, and uh, maybe I'll go and like when it gets to you know streaming, I'll watch uh, you know whatever comes next. Like I'm not gonna go out and watch uh, the solo movie in the theater. I just don't give a shit. I don't mean the same um, thing. Don't care. You know, episode uh, episode nine. nine when it comes out, I'm don't probably because like when this when this movie came out, I was kind of like, oh, it's already time for another Star Wars movie. I don't really want to see it. We're giving legitimate mostly because my movies. girlfriend wanted to see it. That's why I went and watched it. And when I watched it, like both of us just kind of looked at each other and we're like, "What?" Um, they they it represent, wasn't a good movie. They represent the worst of what Hollywood has. Like they've lost the guidance of George Lucas. They they're guided a hundred percent by what makes money, movie by committee. They they have no they have no bearing. They they, they don't they they don't have any true direction. They don't have any compass. We talked about this as earlier. To what they're doing. The frustrating thing is that A New Hope. If you just watch the theatrical cut of A New Hope, and again, like you can sit there and say like, well. Uh, Star Wars was was saved by um, you know George Lucas's wife at the time her re-editing of the movie, and yeah that's true. But at the same time, like they still had to have the ideas that were inserted into the original script and then the filming of the movie in order to have anything to work with whatsoever. And so when Star Wars: A New Hope came out, like it wasn't A New Hope; it was Star Wars. That was a good standalone movie. You didn't need to do anything else. And then they just happened to stumble upon one of the greatest movies ever made with um, Empire Strikes Back. And then that set, up, that, that, that set along, like, like what you said was that they did all these like sort of like twists and reveals that you're like, oh, wow, they did something new and interesting with this character. Yeah, they found a way to, to have an interesting twist for the sequel that... that added something added a whole new level to the original movie while while was its own interesting new thing and that was genius yeah and then they also did something which was a downbeat ending for the middle film of what turned out to be a trilogy that really resonated with you know people of that generation generation x because there was so many fucked up things that were happening like you know politically and and socially within the country at the time and and it resonated within a lot of people whether they whether or not they realized it at the time and then they went on to make you know they 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 completely subverted what the franchise was with um return of the jedi by trying to make it a little bit more family friendly and like to really like have things that would play more towards children in that movie and that's what eventually led us to you know the the new additions of the original trilogy and then the fucking the prequels and now with with this new trilogy like it's just it's dog shit and and the truth is that George Lucas never had a long plan and I'm not saying that you need a long plan but George Lucas didn't have one you know he had an idea for one movie that would feel like it fit into a giant saga but you didn't know exactly how and now they're forcing him to color in, and not him any longer. Now it's people like Ryan Johnson, Randos, basically. Well, he forced himself. Rando Calrissian. 
<laughs> he forced himself, and then it eventually became this point to where it was just like, all right, like, we need to fucking divorce ourselves from this guy. But, like, the hope was, like, okay, they reset the whole franchise with The Force Awakens. Let's see what they do with it. And then what they did, like... Like, Ryan Johnson... They wrote through, a lot of through, checks that they couldn't cash. Exactly. Ryan Johnson has revealed through interviews that what... Like, all the seeds they planted with The Force Awakens, they had no idea what was going to sprout Which out Which is exactly them. what I predicted at the time, if you go back and listen to my review. They had no idea who Ray's parents was. They had no idea what her connection was with any They didn't know character. who the fuck Snoke was. They had no idea. They had no plan for what the, the First Resistance or whatever they were called They don't even was. really have a good explanation for why... Um, for, for 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 why uh, what's his face uh, um, the stormtrooper no um, the the main bad guy oh uh, Kylo Ren yeah for why he turns bad he's like oh I was thinking about being bad and I guess Luke realized I was thinking about being bad and he decided <laughs> to try and kill me and then that's when I decided I was gonna be bad like what what the fuck and like if you were thinking about being bad why wouldn't you go to your fucking you know why wouldn't you go to your master, to your fucking trainer, and say, like, hey, I'm having all these fucked up thoughts. Maybe you can help me out with them. Yeah. Like, it's so dumb, and it's so nonsensical. And if you if you really think about it, the way that the way Mark uh, Hamill plays Luke Skywalker, he plays him like he doesn't agree with a single thing that's coming out of his own mouth. He doesn't agree with a single note. He doesn't agree with what's happening at all, but he's just doing it because he... Is absolutely forced into this situation. But which is funny for me personally, I like the way that he came in there and he was just like, he's like, look, this is all a bunch of bullshit. He's like, moving rocks? Like, that's not supreme power. Like, if anyone decides to follow you because you can move some fucking rocks, they're an idiot. And then, like, to have him sit there and be like, well, I gotta make sure that I guard these old books. And then lightning strikes the fucking temple and burns the books down. And then Yoda comes out and he's like, hmm, want to protect books, you do? That's dumb. Fuck yourself, you will. Burn books, like, you should not. No, I mean, I like the fact that he laughs at the idea of, like, fucking him that being there to protect books. Like, I love that. That's one of the few good things about this movie. And the fact that, like, he force projects himself to show up just to fucking troll Kylo Ren. That was weird. But still, like, it just, it's so unsatisfying. <laughs> and, then, and it felt then, like, like, here's the thing that you don't want to do. Hollywood, if, if you're listening at all, when you make a movie... Don't make a movie that makes me feel like you wasted my fucking time watching it. But not I only, don't want to feel like you wasted my time. But not only, and that's what you did with this movie. But, I feel like I wasted my fucking time. But not, Fuck you. But not only wasted your time for this one, but they they make you retroactively feel like you wasted your time. Yes! Time. You make me feel like I wasted hours of my life on your bullshit movies. Fuck you. <laughs> That's time I will never get back. I will be on my deathbed dying, and someone would be like, What are you thinking about, Papa? And I'd be like, Hell, I wasted my time with the fucking Star Wars movie. Thank you. That's what you did for me, Ryan Johnson, and fucking J.J. Abrams, and George fucking Lucas, you fucking assholes. Uh, I thought that the one thing that. that I don't want to say positive exactly, but it was new and interesting was the fact that Ray and Kylo Ren were like 
connecting and kind of talking to each other. That was other. the best part of the movie. And I love that and I wish they would have like built the movie around that because yeah. that was amazing. I thought that was interesting, but then they didn't go anywhere with it. It fell apart. They screwed the pooch. And they made it meaningless by the end. Like, this. make the movie a romantic comedy about the how the two of them connect through fucking uh, Force Tinder. Then, you know? Then, and instead you get fucking Mary Poppins in space with fucking Leia. Then let me describe this scene to you. And Manny, you tell me if this sounds interesting. All right. One spaceship is on, repeatedly they let you know this, on a super ultra low speed chase with another spaceship. So two spaceships slowly chasing each other. Not interesting. Is that exciting? I'm not, I'm not excited. No, I'm not excited. That's the plot of this movie. And that's, then, yes, that's a good 45 minutes. Thank you for wasting my life. I'm dying. And then, and then two of the characters. This happens in the movie. People, people will raise their eyebrows, but this really happens. Two people that are involved in this slow space chase. Two people completely leave. And go to a casino planet, and nobody is like, "Hey, let's follow them. Where are they going? Yeah. What's, are they getting Are they getting reinforcements? Like, are gonna, are they going to sneak attack us? No, they're just like, uh, they left. Bye. And the whole time while they're gone, everyone else who's still, let us know when you come back. Everyone else who's still involved in the slow space chase is asking themselves this one question: How can we get away? While these other two people have completely gotten away, and they're thinking, "How can we come back?" And it's like, why don't you all leave to the casino planet? Wait, you guys left? <laughs> Do you guys leave? And you came back? Why? Why? <laughs> Did you bring us food? It's not like there's anything to be gained by coming back. We're eating space cream corn. The only thing good is to be leaving. Not to be coming back. You guys left? <laughs> and you can't... Why did you come back? <laughs> why? <laughs> And then, and then our hero... No! Hold on! Makes sense to me! Why did you come back? <laughs> and then our hero, Poe Dameron, who's one of the worst named... Poe Dameron. One of the worst named heroes. It sounds like a Poe Boy Fucking sandwich. Isker Isaac. Yeah. I mean, a great actor, terrible name. Poe Dameron. It sounds like Poe Boy Sandwich. It sounds like, uh... Oh, oh Poe Dameron. Oh, Poe. Oh, he's Poe. Oh, Poe Dameron. He's so Poe. Okay, anyway. Poe Dameron. He... Our hero... His whole plan, like, he asked the main leader chick, like, hey, what's the plan? And she's basically like, we don't have a plan. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, you know. Look, I'm in charge now, fuck boy. And then, then Poe Dameron, our hero, is like, who are you? Like, who are you? And then her response is, who are you? Yeah, and she's like, I was in Jurassic Park. She's like, I'm a woman, okay? <laughs> I'm a woman. There was a woman who was in charge, and now I'm in charge, and I'm a woman. Fuck off. Why am I in charge? Because I'm a woman. Yeah, there was a woman in charge before. Duh, didn't you get the memo? Yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, that's cool. I like he's when like, women he's are like, in charge. Do you not know other people left and then came back? And he's like, he's like, you know what I think is great? That women are in charge. But you know what my question is? <laughs> what is the plan? <laughs> and then she tells him the plan is to do nothing and or get captured. So he decides, like, fuck that. I'm going to go have my own plan, do some shit. And then as the audience, we're like, yeah, you know, fuck that bitch. Go off, He's have like, your I'm own plan. Have a mutiny. Yeah, and, we're, and as the audience, we're like, fuck yeah! Mutiny this bitch. Let's get in there and let's and Star she's like, Wars. Don't have this a thing. mutiny. That would be really bad. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a mutiny." And then they have a mutiny, and then the fucking mutiny fails, and they're like, 
We told you not to have a mutiny. Silly boy, go sit over there. And then even and though, they don't do anything! And then even though her plan was painted to the audience, us watching it as a terrible plan, which didn't make any sense, then she's like, oh, we just didn't tell you. Oh, cool. Well, I guess Well, I'll... not only that, but the plan that they have ends up getting most of the rebellion killed. They get most of the rebellion killed. It's what you would call a bad plan. Or the resistance, whatever. Whoever they are. Like, Trump is sitting there on the no, fucking, well, on, on the big plane, no, and he's like, Trump. we're going to get these resistance bastards. We're going to make them pay. They're going <laughs> to suffer. We're going to win. We're going to win so bigly. I'm and gonna... they're like, we got this plan. We're like, we're going to wait until they think they got us cornered, and then we're going to sneak away. It's like, you already snuck away. You went to the casino. Like, why planet. didn't you go to the casino with everybody else, you fucking retard? Why don't you come back from the casino planet and then say, hey, you know what you can do? Go to the casino planet. That's where I just came from. And then just leave, go to the casino planet. Yeah, let's all go to the casino planet. No one will notice that we left the casino planet. And then we can gamble whatever space bucks we have. And then we'll have a million space bucks. And then we can buy everything. And then we win. And then the casino planet was the worst for multiple reasons. One, because... It felt like space gag after space gag. Like, let's go to the casino planet. Let's see a silly alien who puts coins in R2-D2. Let's see a silly alien who rolls a bunch of dice with many hands. Let's see a space alien who can squeeze many slot machines with many hands. Like, it, it was all these gimmicks one after another. And then they go there looking for one specific person who's like some sort of ultra hacker guy. Then they just run into some totally other different guy. And they're like, oh, I guess you'll do. You know, all while they have achieved the ultimate goal, which is to escape from the slow space chase. They've already achieved that goal. The, you know, they should be trying to bring everyone to them, to wherever they are. But instead, they want to leave the safety of the casino planet far, far away from this whole fight. They want to go back into the fight. For what reason? There's no reason. Well, because they're gonna they're gonna change the the codes on the 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 main bad guy's ship, so then that way their ship can make the jump, and then they won't be able to follow them. Okay, rewrite. I'm gonna do it's, a rewrite. It's a bad version of like what happened in fucking the new version of Battlestar Galactica. I'm gonna do a rewrite right now. Now I've talked a little bit about this rewrite before, but I'm gonna go all the way in right now. Who is what's the name of the stormtrooper who who leaves the the rebellion? Finn. Finn. Finn is a stormtrooper. He runs into Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron starts talking to him on a personal level, and he's like, "Oh, I'm from the planet, you know, Kublukar or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, the people from Kublukar are really oppressed. You know, they really they really need a champion down there. You know, a lot the the Empire or whatever they're called. They go down there and they recruit a lot of those guys. Basically, paint them as like a slaver group. They go down there and they collect slaves from that planet. Then Finn would feel this impulse to quit the rebellion, go to his home planet, and lead you know a resilient recharge back. Instead. We don't get any more backstory about Finn, why he tried to escape, where he's really from. We don't even care. You know? He he was a he he was a loyal stormtrooper for a while and then he was like, nah. 
you know? Well, I think he, he had no choice, like, earlier on. And then he was just like, oh, well, what if I just stop doing this? But he's one of their main characters. He needs a, a definitive motivation. Yeah. And he doesn't have it. It's one of the failings of both this and uh, The Force Awakens. The, the which Force is why, Awakens this is, is why trash. This is why these movies aren't good. Because, like, at least with A New Hope and uh, Empire, you can sit there and look at, like, okay, I understand the character mo- the character's motivation. I understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. Like, even with Lando, you understand, like, the impossible position that Lando's in to where he has to give up his friends because otherwise what the, what the Empire is going to do to him and his people will be far worse. You know, and Lando used to be an interesting character that we didn't know a lot about, but now the Han Solo movie is going to come out. We're going to learn all about Lando, and it's going to ruin the Empire Strikes Back. Let me give you a prediction. Spoiler, I'm not going to watch the Solo movie. The Han Solo movie is going to be played by Childish Gambino in the part of Lando Calrissian, known to Cards Against Humanity fans as Rando Calrissian. And it's going to ruin Lando Calrissian. We're going to learn too much about him. We're going to say, oh, I don't think Donald Glover's going to ruin him. I think think the way that they write the character and the way that he's portrayed in this movie is probably going to ruin him. Yeah, the whole thing. Like, I don't think there's any way that you can sit there... Because the whole thing about the character is, like, what you understand about the character through what you're being no, told it's not, through, it's not Donald, through these movies. It's not Donald Because that's the whole fault. fucking thing, is, like, someone is far more interesting when you hear about them through secondhand accounts than when you actually meet the person. And that was the whole concept of Star Wars. You know, Star Wars was based on these little vignettes that would play in between movies. It was all about the hero's journey. Like, that's what Star Wars was. But it was based on these little vignettes that were just five or ten minutes long where you didn't know the beginning, you didn't know the end, and all you had was that one little piece of fun action right in the middle. Yeah. That was what the basis of Star Wars was all about. And, and Indiana it's, Jones. It's 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 the cost of diminishing returns. Where you, if you sit there and you say, like, we're going to add more to this and add more to this, like, what you get as a result is diminishing, ever diminishing. It never gets better. You will never have a movie that ends up being better than Empire or A New Hope. Right. You will never have a Star Wars movie right. that's better than those. But that's not their goal. And that's You the might sad get some thing. movies that are temporarily entertaining, but they will never be better. They will never reach you and touch you the way that those but movies th- did. Th- that's not their goal not, at th- all. Th- they're, they're, they're not even going to be as good as fucking um, Empire. But that's not their goal. Their goal is just... Or I'm sorry, Return of the tickets. Jedi. Not, not like... And their, it's frustrating. Their goal is just to sell you tickets. They don't care about being entertaining. They don't yeah. care about being great. They don't care about fitting into the scheme of things. So if you go in and you watch these movies and you're like, well, you know, I know these movies are, are designed for nothing more than selling me a movie ticket, but I've got two hours to spare and I don't fucking care... If I wasn't watching this, I would be like at home watching Netflix or I'd be getting fucking drunk or beating my kids or whatever. If you're watching this movie instead of beating the shit out of your kids, then I guess it's a win. So this has been Sequelitis. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Hey everybody, welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis.
What if we're way back here? Sequelitis. What if we're right way here. back here? Welcome to Sequelitis. What if we're on Sequelitis? Everybody goes Sequelitis. Everyone goes Sequelitis. Everyone goes Sequelitis. You get a 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 Sequelitis.